Let's talk about owning yourself. How well do you know yourself? Would you like to be the best version of you? Then you'll want to hear this encore of Carrie Hokama, who spoke at the Imagine Talks Symposium. Carrie Hokama is a certified executive coach, certified holistic personal trainer, and nutritionist. He's a best selling author and motivational speaker who teaches entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and executives how to become crystal clear about their life's mission and how to reach their fullest potential. Carrie also serves as a global ambassador for the National College of Exercise Professionals and the Center for Advanced Coaching. Here's Carrie Hokama with Owning Yourself. Carrie, thank you so much for coming out here for 2021 Imagine Talks. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Francis. Always great to have you here, and, and thanks for coming all the way up from LA. Um, so many questions I want to ask you, but tell us a bit about yourself. I know that you are an author and also a life coach. Tell us a little bit about the book you wrote. Actually, before that even occurred, tell us a bit about yourself, where you came from, and what actually led you up to the writing of the book own yourself Ooh, okay what i love about you francis is that you go directly into the, the cool questions and the hard questions so i love it uh you know i've spent the last 10 years really prepping people to live their best life is through fitness through nutrition and instead of saying a life coach it's more just a personal coach mm. and uh it's it's been a fascination of mine to really tap into people's fullest potentials uh, starting from their pains and then allowing them to navigate through a transformational phase in their lives where no matter what happens, regardless of the circumstances, that you can still be the best potential. And that's the greatest gift they can give to the world. So what inspired you? Was it something from childhood or some milestone or some event that happened to your life that made you realize this is an important thing people need to come to grasp with? Yeah, no milestone. I think, uh, you know, as a kid, when your father all of a sudden moves to, to Japan and mm and uh you're you're 10 you're, you're trying to figure out what life's about uh you become very curious about everything and so i started questioning a lot of what's been going on uh why my life is the way it is why i'm i'm feeling these certain ways and and so it's the curiosity that allowed me to keep asking the questions okay why how who what when where um and it it, it just I, I guess what i can say is that i have i just begin this obsessive uh, hunger and this desire to to know myself the best way, so I can be the the, the reach the highest potential of myself. Okay, so you moved to Japan when you were ten. So I assume that you were living stateside prior to that. No, no I was born in Japan, okay. came here, and then when I was when I was ten, my dad moved to Japan. And and you and stayed we here. We stayed. My whole family stayed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you were born in Japan. You came here. Mm -hmm. So you have a very unique perspective then, and what it actually means to be Asian American. Totally. What do you think your perspective is on being Asian American versus what you think the general consensus of people who were born in America as Asians and trying to learn what that cultural background means? Like what, 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 do you, what do, you, do you see the dichotomy or differences between when you engage with people? Yeah, yeah, totally different. It's pretty cool because you know, my mom is first generation Japanese. Right. She's from Japan. My right. dad is third generation. Our family, his side of the family came in the 1800s. Wow. Okay. And so growing up, you know, uh, growing up in the South Bay of LA, you know, there's a lot of like foggy Japanese people. Yeah. 
and I had friends then because mm -hmm. I went to Japanese school. And then you go to regular school, and I'm Japanese American. But it's it's weird because like you'd have friends who would think that I'm too Japanese, hmm. and then I'd hang out with my Japanese friends like you're too American. But when you're <laughs> in school, like hey man, you're just another Oriental kid, you know, from from anyone who's non-Asian. So it was just a weird, fun time to grow up and just be like, you know, what is what is this about? Like who am I? Like why are we here? It's pretty cool. Did you find um, when you came here at the age of ten? Did you experience racism at all? No, no, no. So I, I've been here since I was like two months. So my mom, my mom went there had my dad moved to Japan when Got I was it, ten. Okay. Uh, it, you know, I, I didn't experience really any racism. I I encountered, you know, situations where people call me like a, a nip or a jap or whatever, yeah. right? And I didn't understand the brunt of that type of behavior then. Mm. It was just like someone calling me names or something like that. But yeah. it didn't hit me at the core, like, oh, it's because of this. Uh, I'm being hurled insults at a systemic level or anything like that. It was just a, a just name calling, and I didn't take it too personally then. So luckily, fortunately, I haven't been encountered so many of these uh, crazy situations that we see now happen. So you actually shared with me some of the things that you've seen online. I've seen. Um, that's been going on, especially around 2020, right? Yeah. What is your take on this? Like, is this something that has always been there, but it's now brought to the surface even more? Or is it something that wasn't there before and now is generated because of the animosity from this year? Mm, so good. Uh, part of it is just like everyone's capacity to hold phones and cameras and stuff at all times. Right? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of events that occur that no one's able to, to track. Uh, but I think that, I think that, what you see now is just a manifestation of people's inner voices mm -hmm. and their their fears and, and anxieties that's been perpetuated by all mm -hmm. the, the events that's been going on. Uh, it, but then there's there's different levels, right? We right. have we have uh, the the talking about blacks, the Black Lives Matter, and then we have xenophobia. There's different elements of that, and uh, I've I've found that there's no it, it exists. It's not going to go away anytime soon yeah and it's such a hard conversation because you see a lot of people say like well education's the answer hmm. and, and and yeah it's education but i mean what do you where do you go for are you going to go and, and and teach a university on racism like it's not you can't do that so it's also almost irresponsible for people to just start saying education's the answer and then just go on and live your life right hmm. and so part of like you asked me about my book own yourself yeah uh, it really means that no matter what you're going through, no matter what conversations are out there, you can only con control the conversations that you have here. I can only control mm -hmm. my side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not up to my responsibility to go teach everybody that racism is wrong. Right? It's not going to do any good. I can't go here. And if everyone's racist in here, my IG post or anything is not going to persuade them to not be racist or anything like that. Right? So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a hard predicament. And so I say own yourself because at the end of the day, our current self is still ignorant. My hmm. current self is still has still hate in me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where do we go from here is to tap into your fullest potential because your future self is going to dictate how much we can improve where we are right now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if we all just tapped into our inner greatness, I truly feel that there's going to be less racism because we're all going to be much better to understand that the power of potential in people is through collaboration, is through love. Right. And, and it's the power of love when that supersedes the love of power, which we're seeing right now. I truly right. think that we can all change from the, from the inward and out. So when you say own yourself, does that actually mean like to. Does it mean to get to know who you are and then take control of what you do? Or is it 
even deeper to like find what your own personal mission is like when you say own yourself what what genesis of that yes i uh, love that question own, to own yourself is to for example uh if i have a sick dope lamborghini outside right, right i can own that lamborghini right? right but the problem is if that lamborghini owns me mm, i see what you know saying. what i mean yeah 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 um i can own this beautiful house here in millbury overlooking the sfo but if this house owns me and i become subject and, and, a, and a slave to everything that perpetuates from owning that Mm -hmm. uh, then, then it's, it's got me. So whatever your story is, whatever your pains are, whatever your journey is, once you own it, then you can reveal all the things, whatever necessary for you to experience a powerful breakthrough and transformation. So owning yourself is realizing not only, uh, being present and understanding everything that's happened in your life, accepting the pains and, uh, not only embracing it, Mm -hmm. But it's also tapping into your future self so that we can not only be present, but we have an amazing future to dance with. I love that. It's beautiful. Then why do you think it's so difficult for so many people to get to that path, start owning themselves? Well, I think it's it's not a to, to get to the own themselves. It's always going to be a journey, just like how racism right now. It's, it's going to be a journey, right? It's going to be mm -hmm. a lifelong thing where uh, it's never going to just end all of a sudden. And so part of, you know, self-mastery is always improving every single day. And that's why I love the word Kaizen. And Kaizen in Japanese just means continual improvement. So oh. groups like Toyota, that's their mission is Kaizen, Kaizen. continual improvement. Wow. And so people can say, well, that's just kind of like a generic term. And, and it's, it's a, a theme that's kind of vague. And then what I say is, well, just remember the three digits, 212, because at, at 211 degrees, water is really hot. Right? We start to boil. Vincent's boiling some steak out there. You know, at 211, it gets really hot and starts to right. boil. But Francis, when, when the uh, water starts to boil, what does it produce? Steam. Steam, right? And so steam is powerful enough to push a train, a locomotive. And sometimes right. it's, all it takes is just that one degree to experience that powerful breakthrough. And hmm. so for, for me, I always say, whether it's my fitness clients or my personal coaching clients or just my friends in general, they say, well, you know what? In 2021, I'm going to be a millionaire, right? Okay. It's just like, you know, no, let's just, let's just focus on getting a few thousand dollars first. Let's, let's focus on uh, losing a, a few pounds just this month, right? And you keep doing that small incremental steps, swing wide doors, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. the, the small pivoting moments, uh, continual, Doing that is going to allow you to experience that powerful breakthrough. And that's what Kaizen looks like to me. So whether we are all in a place where we're learning and we're uh, understanding the, the power of tension right now right. as the nation feels it, right. uh, tension is your friend. As, as crazy as it sounds, we see everything, the turmoil, but that tension is what's going to allow us to really take a stand, make a choice, and then break through. So whether you're MLK back in the day saying, I have a dream, and you right. turn the other cheek, whether you're Malcolm X saying I for an eye, those two people, both profound, they had a, an amazing posthumous legacy after, after their death because they said, I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to go full on, right? Mm -hmm. Malcolm X went eye for an eye. Right. MLK was, I have a dream, turn the other cheek. Both made such a prolific impact because they decided to make a stand. Mm -hmm. And all of us right now, it's like whether we're entrepreneurs uh, our people in the business field, a lot of us are trying to be clever, but what's most important is just to be clear. Hmm. So be clear. Don't be clever. Stick to your, you know, make a decision 
and go all in. And that's just been my mission for everybody. I love that. So that brings me to my next question is the whole philosophy of Kaizen. I keep hearing this philosophy of evolution and, and hustle and Kaizen throughout the entire day. Let's take it to another level here. Sure. And like, instead of an individual, what philosophy and, and concept of Kaizen can we as an Asian community, especially from this year, we, I think more than any time we ever have since we first came over this country, such a, a disparity of, of acceptance now of our, of our acceptance being very conditional, right? Yeah. So does Kaizen play to us as an Asian American community as a whole then, as an evolutionary mentality? Yeah, Kaizen. And, and I think that, again, the, the greatest thing that we can do is, is to know our future self. Okay. So right now the buzzword is be present, do meditation so that you can be present, right? Um, and before it was like therapy and getting coaching so that you can understand and discover what happened in the past so they can discover your why and how. And so I think that uh, the Kaizen mentality is a progressive movement forward. And that's what we have to do is to understand what our future ideal self is and tap into that so that we can move from the present and get better every single day. But ultimately... Uh, right now, there's a, a lot of buzzword with the whole Asian representation, right? right. That there's not enough. Right. Well, if you're not dope, you know, you're not gonna be, you're not, gonna, you're not meant to be on stage, mm -hmm. right? So I, I love Kanye West because Kanye, ever since he came out with the college dropout back in the early 2000s, uh, he was just like a, uh, just like a no-name ghost producer writer. He produced beats for all these big-time stars. And but even then, 20 years ago, like he would say, like, I'm the greatest, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the next. He wasn't saying I'm not, I'm not going to be the next uh, Jay-Z or Nas. He said, I'm going to be the next Disney. Mm. I'm going to be the Christian Dior. I'm going to be the next Google. Right. And he tapped into his ideal future self mm. and and people ridiculed him for that. Right. And so even like a year and a half ago, uh, Kanye came out and said, dude, I'm, I'm freaking 50 million dollars in debt and everyone counted him out. They said, oh, see, that guy's a lunatic. That guy's crazy. Uh, and then his Yeezys came out uh, and, then, and then now he's a billionaire. Right? But it's, it's those things where you continue to tap into your fullest potential. Mm -hmm. You know with crystal clear what your future self looks like. And then I think as Asians, we really have to, to just be like, I want to be the greatest of myself. Like the greatest gift that you can give to yourself is for you to reach your highest potential. Mm -hmm. Once we could break through that and be radical about that and have this monomaniacal mission to just be the best there is for yourself, Asian representation, the new CEOs, the new disruptors, is just going to be a byproduct of that effort. And I think all of us are just putting ourselves in a box most of the time, hmm. saying like, oh, oh, this for an Asian dude is dope. You know, this for an Asian girl would be I see what you're saying. a catalyst. Conditional. We just, conditional. Mm. And we just have to break out of that. And And... Again, it's gonna it's gonna take years and, and decades for for most you know prolific people to keep coming out like that you know, so I hope to be one of them. Now you already are. I, I totally believe that. Why do you? I'm gonna tend a little bit here. Why do you think we have that conditional mentality? Yeah, it's uh. There's a saying that we've all been in a a mental prison with the doors wide open, mm -hmm. and it's as simple as being conditioned on a subconscious level. Okay. And so in psychology, they're saying that most of us, our paradigm and our subconscious mind has been set by the age of seven. 
Hmm. And so if you see all of us here, you know, most of our parents are immigrants. They came yeah. with their own paradigm of I sacrificed everything. I risked everything so that I could come and just get a job. What the American dream looks like. Right. The American dreams looks like you buy a house, your kids go to college, and I look great as parents, right? And that's right. that's just the damn truth right there. Right. And so much of it is just us living our parents and our before generations narrative. Hmm. It's been ingrained in us. But things like what's happening now allows us to truly be like, wait, wait a minute, man. Like, what's really the truth? The truth is I can do anything. The truth is we didn't have to follow all these rules. Business owners, I'm in the restaurant business. I see all these restaurants who are like, you know what? I could have done this this entire time. I could have packaged up new products and ship it out and use QSR using all these types of apps to reach a new um, you know, customer. And they're killing it, whereas the older people are just like, no, I'm still going to wait and hopefully the customers will come in through um, advertising like the old, old way. Right. So it's it, it, times like these allow us to get our paradigms disrupted mm -hmm. and start from fresh and say, what can I do? So the question you got to ask yourself now is, who do I want to be? And that's been very congruent. With what I've been talking about is just like tapping into your future self. And so it's the paradigm that we have to unleash. We have to unlearn all the things that we've been taught and learned that's been wow. ingrained. We've been living in the mental prison with the doors wide open. All mm -hmm. we had to do is go to the left, walk right out, and there's your breakthrough right there. Wow. For 2021 going onward here, what are things that you think, if you can give us one or two or even three solid steps that you think we as a community, as an Asian American community, can do to start walking toward that path of future self, like actual exercises or mental, mental focus, um, just rituals we do every day. Yeah, um, I, I didn't, I didn't come with that in my back pocket today, Francis. Uh, <laughs> but what but, do you do? Yeah, what I do is, is I, I continue to remind myself every single day that that I'm ignorant. Okay. I, I always remind myself, man. Uh, I, I'm nothing right now. I, I know nothing, right? So how do I learn from every person that I come across? Mm. Um, I, I always visualize the, the person that I truly want to be, not, not the, the person that my parents wanted me to be okay. or what I think would be accepted and be cool as an Asian American mm -hmm. to, to be, right? But, but it's, it's, it's understanding that when I was seven and I saw Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson for the very first time <laughs> yeah. and I understood what greatness meant and trying to emulate that mm -hmm. and not let anyone else tell me how or when or who I need to be. Because I think that's what it is. We're ingrained and we're living everyone else's narratives. So what happened was uh, when I got married, my wife and I got married on the Oprah Winfrey Network on a reality show. Yes, yes, I remember this. And, and uh, I, I remember I did, I felt like I did everything right, right? Mm -hmm. And when that show came, uh, they depicted me as this, this really horrible, cheap, like Asian dude who used all my money on my bachelor party, which is completely false. And, and I was like, man, dude, that's, that's so freaking wrong. That's so like outrageously just ridiculous. Like, how do you do that to somebody on, on their wedding day? Right. You know, and, uh, and, 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 you know, growing up, um, I was in a band too, as a lead singer of a, of a band, uh, before YouTube and one after one, like record labels would be always saying like, you guys are awesome, but you just, we, we can't sell you guys. You guys aren't marketable with three Asian guys in the front. <laughs> and so I was like, I never understood what that meant. I was like, well, what do you mean? Dude, we have an awesome following here in LA. 
And uh, like, yeah, you guys are good, but we can't market you guys. I didn't understand that at that time, that a, a rock band that consists of three Asian guys in the front aren't sellable. And so hmm. I always walked around with this narrative and story in my head, like, okay, I guess I'm not marketable. You know, I, best, I, I better try to be a, a TV anchor or something instead. You know, right. uh, that would be the next greatest thing, right? Uh, and then when that wedding uh, TV aired, that came out, um, I remember I was shopping at Trader Joe's and this lady comes up and goes, hey, I remember you from that show. You were that guy. Is that really you? And I was like, no, that, that wasn't me. That's, that story was completely like scripted and they flipped it on me. She goes, okay, well, thank God, because yeah, that, that was pretty bad, but your friend was hilarious, right? And I remember going home and I started getting really pissed off and I was angry. And I was 33 at that time. And I said, all right, that's it. That's it. That's the last time I'm ever going to let anyone tell my story. Wow. And that from this moment on, I'm going to tell my story, create it, and then tell it truthfully. And so that was the beginning of my journey to, to where I am today, just helping people navigate through a transformational journey uh, by me first and foremost, owning the person I am today and being the greatest version of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I want to speak into existence that I'm going to be one of the greatest storytellers and the communicators that this generation has ever seen. No, I think you already are. And, and that, unfortunately, we're out of time at this point, but I love the message you have. And I, I think today, I truly understand what you mean by owning yourself, taking ownership of your life and then let someone else tell your story for you for their own benefit. Beautiful. Harry, thank you so much for coming. Uh, you always make Imagine Talk such a wonderful place to be. And I can't wait to have 2022, hopefully, to have you with a full audience next time. But thank you so much for coming in. And, and uh, we will see you in uh, 2022 again. Okay? Can't wait. I appreciate right. you guys. Thank you. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Imagine Talks, go to our website at imaginetalks.org. Edge Interns and Mental Power Hacks supports this podcast. Edge Interns sources the best interns to the best companies. Learn more at E-D-G-E. That's edgeinterns.com. Mental Power Hacks is where you'll get life hacks to boost your mental performance, productivity, and success. Connect at mentalpowerhacks.com. Subscribe to us and get the latest episodes of the Imagine Talks podcast, Achieving Success, Social Impact, and Overcoming Obstacles. See you next episode.